Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why do we have insights when our mind is quiet? How do insights play a role in our ability to learn and when do they impact the trajectory of our lives? Welcome to Insight Out, where we explore these questions and dissect how insights influence who we are and ultimately who we become. I interview New York Times bestselling authors and some of the most influential minds of our time to find out what insights have helped to make them who they are. When I realized that the world worked in many different ways, I'm gonna choose to create a life that is specifically designed for me. I see infinite capacity to think and create. That's the magic that we all have. You can tap into that any point in your life. You just have to decide to do it. And as a leader, you have to be a transition figure. As Dr. Covey said, be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. If you're like me, constantly working to design a life that will allow you to reach your fullest potential so that you can leave your mark on this planet, then you're in the right place. I'm glad to have you on this journey and hope you enjoy this episode of Inside Out. So let's get started. Generally speaking, people should think about what their beliefs are that may be different than what everyone else believes. Because there's so much noise out there. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody is following other people. And I kind of feel like in order to rise above the noise, you have to put yourself in a position where you have a point of view. And maybe that point of view is controversial. Maybe it's different than somebody else. Maybe it's something other people haven't thought about. And so I think that falls into that same bucket, which some people may say their viewpoint is irrelevant or is not aligned with everybody else. But what did you get from it? What, what are your thoughts on that? It's different, right? So when somebody, you hear somebody says, let's embrace to be irrelevant, it means to me like, it could have two meanings, Billy. One of them, it could be like, I don't care what other people think. And I don't care if they believe that I'm wrong, but this is my opinion anyway. Yeah, makes perfect sense. I mean, how far you can go to be irrelevant? I mean, you can share something that I don't agree, but I will respect your opinion because I appreciate you or because you took the time to write content and keep me reading and even put my thoughts, even that they are not aligned with what you believe. I mean, what is the decency? How far that can this go? I mean, because you can be irrelevant. I'm going to embrace today to be irrelevant and I'm going to go to LinkedIn and to Facebook or TikTok and write my personal beliefs and opinions without being empathetic about the other person who is in the other side of the screen. I fully agree with that. What was the other one? You said there's two ways you think about it. What's the second way? The other way is to be, I mean, to embrace, to be irrelevant, but with grace, you can be irrelevant, but mindful irrelevant. Mm -hmm. You don't need to hurt you know, yesterday I was reading a content from a guy that I went to comment and he was sharing that, you know, he was sitting next to a 50 year old woman. I am a 50 year old woman. He says, this woman has never been before on a plane. This is her first time. And she's crying over the window because she's saying how beautiful everything looks like. Then he says that if you have trouble in a plane during your life, you are above many people, you know, and financially because you have the opportunity. I love the perspective that he brought, but you could have seen all the comments that they were there. Oh, my God. Did you ask her for her permission to take the picture? Why that person? It came to something that many people, because that post went viral, and love that, Right. And what you came with your negative comment or belief or your negative opinion. How do you know that that woman is not his mother? How do you know that that woman is not her aunt or his sister? Right. How do you know? 
So why you came into the defense? I mean, I think we are right now as a society, very defensive. I don't go out too much because what is happening right now globally. But when I go out, you know, I can tell the stress of employees when you go to a restaurant or when you go to a store or when you go to, to any service, you know, public services, you know, you, I can see the stress in the employees because they are stressed. But I can see as well the attitude of the community and the society towards that employee. I can see the actions, you know, towards that person. You know, so I, what I'm trying to say is that we are so right now so defensive of what can happen. And what I'm telling you is that I went to the Publix the other day and I went to another store the other day and the people were fighting, like literally screaming to each other and other person was with the phone and another person has the phone right here. So they were like filming the ugliest part of the situation to get it viral and put it on Instagram or in TikTok or just to get attention. This is what I'm good. I mean, you can be irrelevant, I think. I think we all are irrelevant because we all have our own opinions, as mm. you say in the beginning. You can be a nice irrelevant. Well, it's true. I mean, I think the other point that I often think about is what was it like to live 500 years ago or even 100 years ago? We're in this new age where now we hear and see people from around the world in a nanosecond. And it's completely different than the way things have been in the past. We're exposed to new ideas. We're exposed to new ways of thinking. We're exposed to differences of opinions. To new people. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's crazy to think that in just such a short amount of time, I mean, think about how long humans have been here, hundreds of thousands of years. In the last hundred years, the change has been so significant. Our brain, which is still the same brain, hasn't changed it needs to adapt. It needs to adapt to all of the things that we're feeding it. And it's hard. We just don't have the time because everybody's hustling. Because right now, you know, internet is so open for everybody. I don't know why I didn't start earlier. Do you regret it? It wasn't for me at the time. You know, Billy, being for me on, on LinkedIn, on social media, it was not something that I planned it was not something that I really thought about it and I had planned for it. I didn't. I no idea. Well, well, what was your goal? You were looking for a job, right? At the very beginning, like about five years ago. Do you remember when you're like, I want to go on LinkedIn, like what your original thoughts were? Been on LinkedIn for the what? Since LinkedIn started. I'm one of the, the ones who started with LinkedIn long time ago. I'm talking about 18, 17 years ago. But you weren't active until what, five years ago? I was active. Sometimes I log in and I see LinkedIn, but I didn't understand how the platform works. You know, I just see the, the pictures of the people, sometimes posts, sometimes resumes. You know, I didn't even know, understand how the platform technically functioned mm -hmm. when I was trying to use it. It was hard. It was you know, it was hard to learn. When did you start posting? The day that I resigned, you know, I resigned a job very dramatically, <laughs> per se. You know, so I came home and uh, at, at night, I remember logging to LinkedIn, changed my password because I didn't remember my password. And I started looking for a job and I started trying to find connections and send messages to people, right? So this is when I started, but thank God, you know, many people didn't reply to me or were rude to me when I tried to connect with them because that really pushed me towards where I am today. You know, so not being responsive to me, it made me thought, I thought if I don't put myself out, there is not going to be a way that I can be seen. When did you start thinking that you want to invest more time on LinkedIn? When was the change from just, hey, I want to go there to maybe network, find a potential job opportunity? This thing could be a valuable place. So what happened is that, you know, two weeks later, I get a job because, okay. you know, the recruiters, the local recruiters knew who I was. And a lot of people say, you know, when I left the company, you know, many people knew, I mean, about the whole industry. So they start calling me, right? Offering me uh, an opportunities and meetings and, and, you know, come for an interviews and we want to have you. And so, but I was already on LinkedIn and I started thinking it was a time of the elections and I started seeing a lot of people fighting, like if they were Facebook. 
So it was not controlling the platform at that time. People was fighting. So it's when I say, you know, I, I need to change. I need to start seeing myself, other things, and focus myself in different things that are not going to take away my peace of mind. My mother, you know, introduced to us a meditation. So I start, I went back to meditate and I start waking up every morning at four o'clock for Sadna and I start meditating for 45 minutes before I, you know, get ready to go to work. So I start meditating. So I start finding peace with myself and I start really centering all my energy and whatever I was looking for. It was my job, right? So I was going through different interviews and I have different positions and I have a lot of opportunities, but, but I wanted to be sure what opportunity I was going to take, right? So during that period of time, I went into solitude to really reflect about who I want to be and what is what I want to do for the next 10 years of my life and how do I see myself in the next 10 years of my life? I start reading more. I remember coming from work and until my mom will say, what are you reading? Well, I just finished the other book, but I'm reading this book. And she was like, why you are so hungry about learning? And I say, I don't know, but I just feel that hunger. Like I need to learn more. So mm-hmm. I was desperate that the day was going to be finished because I want to continue learning. It was an amazing experience, Billy. So I started sharing on LinkedIn what I was learning what I start reading, what I start was really making my transformation. I start sharing it and I start sharing quotes and I start sharing videos and I start sharing trips because this is what I wanted to do. I want to start traveling. So I start sharing trips. I start sharing, I start sharing the trips that I want to go, the places that I want to visit, or I share places that I have been visit. And I start sharing things that they were close to me. But during that transformation is when people start coming together mm-hmm. with me. I mean, LinkedIn is not just a place where I generate income for me and for my family and for my company, but it has been a place of transformation for myself. I love listening to your story because what you've just outlined is a beautiful way to think about how someone can come onto a platform and maybe it's not all your own ideas. Maybe you share something that was meaningful to you and resonated with you. And because of that, you're now sharing it with other people. So I think all too often people get intimidated or afraid. They got to share their own unique idea, but they don't have to. They could share, they could share their perspective on an idea that they learned. So how long was that period where, where we'll call that the learning period? And then what was the next so when I started posting more often, it was when I started seeing the reaction of the people. Because in the beginning, I didn't have likes. I didn't have engagement and there was not many people posting. At the time, there were no videos in that platform allowed, only pictures. Mm-hmm. And it was like very, very professional. So it was not a place to share your pictures. So it was kind of difficult for me just to get the first likes and to get the first engagement. So once I start getting engagement and I start getting following, you know, I was posting like every other day. And then I remember telling my daughter and my mom, you know, I just gained 1000 followers. And uh, they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, I just gained 3000 followers. And I just told my mother the other day, I just I just gained 1.5 million of followers. So she was like, what? And I'm going to be honest and I'm going to start talking about this. And I don't know how people is going to believe this or not, but I am very true to myself before I'm true to any of you. I believe that there was an extra power outsource that was really pushing me to go through this because I didn't have a need to be on LinkedIn two weeks later. What do you think that is? I don't know. I mean, Billy, everything has been done uh, magically, if you want to call it, spiritually, you know, blessings from whatever you believe in. Have you ever been in a car that you put a neutral and the car just moves? Mm -hmm. You know, I am the person inside of the car. So what I really believe right now, I mean, it is that people who is in this journey with me, 
it is because they are agreeing and that transformation can be done and that opportunities can be created, that innovation is, it is, it is, you need innovation and that consistency pays. For many people has been a journey to watch me not just transforming myself as a human being, but also seeing how I've been evolving in my knowledge and also in my growth on the platform. What don't people know about you that they might be surprised by? That I don't have a man. What else? No, delete that. Don't post that. Believe. <laughs> what else? What, what are you afraid to share? I don't. It's just I don't want to. I don't want to share that part of my life. Yeah, but I'm asking, what are you afraid to share? What don't you like to share? Because, you know, a lot of people share the personal things, right? They go as personal as they can and they do it just to get likes. But I know you're not about that. You're not afraid to show your story, but you're also not looking to gain followers or likes or comments because you're going to share the most deepest, darkest secrets. I know that about you. Why is that? Because it's my life and we have to have privacy. I don't think that's something that people should know. You know, sometimes people ask me, why don't you share that on LinkedIn? And I'm like, why I have to share it on LinkedIn? And LinkedIn, I share my journey. You understand? I'm sharing my, my life journey with my daughter, which is my mission right now. So that part of my journey is not on. The switch is off and has been off for the last nine years or eight years. Okay. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, my sentimental, emotional and romance life doesn't exist. And I haven't been able to move forward in, into that direction because I have priorities. And Sarah is my number one priority. And you know that. And I just didn't want my daughter to experience uh, being uncomfortable, you know, close to somebody that is not her dad or feel unsafe being close to somebody that is not her dad or feel insecure or feel uh, threatened or anything. Because, you know, when I decided to get divorced, I made a choice to take my daughter with me. And uh, it's not just to take my daughter with me and have her in her bedroom as my pet, my daughter, right? It's my daughter. So I took full responsibility of my lifestyle. And, you know, it's just what I haven't done. But those are the things that there are things that I don't share on social media because part of my personal brand as well is it's professional belief. Mm. And you need to know when you have to stop. And sharing part of that side of my life, you know, like people ask me if I'm single or not. Yes, I'm single. I, I'm looking for a man. No, I am not looking for a man. It really offends me when somebody sends me a message through social media and tell me, you know what? I really like you. And I really like to get to know you more. Mm -hmm. You know, you are very pretty. I would like to get to know you more. Can, are you single or are you married? I mean, why those kind of questions? These questions really make me uncomfortable. Because this is nobody's business. Those are questions that you should never ask to somebody. It's not a dating site. It, besides that, I mean, no. If you're on a dating site, I mean... It's the fact that you are single. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it should it should be. <laughs> that's why those sites are made. Yeah, that's what they're made for. But how does someone know the line for them? Because you've made the line for you. You share your journey with Sarah, but you're not going to share your personal life, your your love life, or other things. You've made a decision. Everybody's got to have their own line. What should what should they be looking at? There are things that I don't share. I mean, I don't share how my divorce was for two reasons. One of them is because um, because my ex-husband and I were sharing custody for my daughter. And second of all, I, I respect my daughter. So talking about those things, you know, right now may, maybe offend Sarah, but in 10 years, maybe she's going to get angry because I say it publicly, you know, or because I said something that it was not right. Because this is this is, again... This, you know, I believe that the dirty clothes, you need to wash it up. I love it. That's a great analogy. Okay. So clearly there's a line that you've decided not to cross. I'm, I'm curious about something though. You know, you started and you told your story from the beginning. 1.5 million followers is no easy feat. 
clearly people resonate with what you share and you've put in a lot of time, but even a lot of other people have put in a lot of time too. What is it do you think that people resonate most with about you and about the messages that you share? First of all, I think people has realized during all these years, because I'm new on the platform, I'm just going to be six years in December, Billy. They really get to know who I am truly. They really get to know my intentions from the beginning. They never have seen me sell anything. Nobody has seen me selling anything. And I can tell you that I've been living out of my work on LinkedIn for the last two years. So it works, you know, so I could and I may if I need to, you know, in the future, but it's going to be in a mindful way and I'm going to have an audience. You know, what makes me different, it's that this is not my purpose. My purpose was to find a job and I got it. So after I get the job, I was continually doing on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. because I was healing. You know, I was talking the other day with a client that when, you know, remember when my sister passed away, right? So when I was sharing things that were healing me, whatever I was reading and whatever I was listening or whatever I was finding on the internet, I was sharing on my feed because those things were healing me at that time. So I was sharing with my audience, my emotions deeply, what I was going through. And I think that any and every time that I write a story, you know, many people love my stories, I share as well, you know, who I am and I make my audience to go into really visualize what I was going through in the way that I share my stories. So I think that I have uh, show really to the platform that who I am. I have shown what I stand for very clearly and loud. I don't punish and I don't push and I don't make feel people bad about what the decisions that they take and of the comments that they create unless somebody is really trying to harm somebody with their words. So like yesterday, I was telling you about this guy, about the woman of 50 years old who was in the airplane. There was a guy from Africa who came and said, I have never been in a plane, but I have a dream that one day I will be in a plane and I will travel around the world to help a lot of people and to make people better. So, you know, I like it because, you know, it really makes me feel there is people who doesn't have the access that the, of the things that I have, but they want that access not for them, but mm-hmm. for others. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, and people came to engage and like the content, the comment of this guy, because really, if you think about it, it's what he wants. So a guy came to make a very nasty comment. He even called him moron for a dream. And who that? person believes things or that he can act and say some nasty things towards some and somebody that you don't even know what is that power i mean really a computer or a phone is what gives you power <laughs> to insult to try to make people feel bad to put down great people to offend to judge Is that a computer? A computer and a phone is what those people, you know, give them the power. Because I'm pretty sure, Billy, that they don't have the balls to say to somebody else face to face. Oh, 100% agree with you. They're using the safety of being in a remote location and the shield of a piece of technology, a phone or a computer, to make them feel comfortable enough to insult, demean, and some way make others feel terrible, which I don't think is something that, you know, anybody that should do. And I'm going to invite you to this. I need to show you on in TikTok a guy. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his nickname on TikTok, but this guy is a cybersecurity guy. And he has a group of other cybersecurity people. So what do they do? They are on TikTok and they are like the police of TikTok. You know, there is a lot of kids a lot of young people who are going through a lot of things right now. Depression, death, poverty, anxiety, sex, gender. You know, they're discovering themselves and they don't know how to express themselves. And they go to TikTok and it's sad to see sometimes things that you could never imagine you were going to be able to see and how people really feel, right? People who their family die. So there is a lot of people over there who are very vocal and very opinionated. Oh, yeah. 
they have no limits to say to somebody something. So this guy, this group of guys, check on them, scan them, find them. They found the jobs. They found their homes. They found their job, every their names. They found everything. And guess what? They make it public. That's intense. That's very like vigilante sort of protect others. That's really interesting. So yeah, because to your, to your point right now, we're in this age where everybody feels they have the ability to insult other people. And what you're saying is that this, this is like a watchdog group that goes and finds these people that are doing egregious things and then makes it public. Hey, this person who's got this job is doing this, they'll probably lose their job. You have no idea how many LinkedIn profiles I have seen on that place. And you know what I do? I immediately remove them from my contact Mm -hmm. if they were my contact. So when I see a LinkedIn profile, and listen, it's been, I mean, I have seen not only one or two or three, I have seen a lot of LinkedIn profiles, pictures on TikTok by this dog watch group who are, you know, they found all these scans and currents all over mm-hmm. the, the stores and places and, and also messages. So going back to being irrelevant or not, you can be irrelevant. Yes, you can be irrelevant. You can, but be a nice, a good irrelevant. Shift perspective, man. Let me ask you this. So a lot's changed over nearly six years you've been on the platform. What are your thoughts about where things are going not just on LinkedIn, but just generally on social media. How do you see the future in your eyes of of how you're going to navigate or adapt through the change? I believe that right now we all have the opportunity to be exposed, the good and the bad. You know, I believe that we have a choice and we can choose to be the good and not to be the bad because we're going to be there anyway. So how you want to be perceived is going to be exactly the same. So remember the bad brands and nobody buys them. Nobody shares on them and they're dying. They die because guess what? Consumers says terrible things about them. They lost trust. The future, you know, on the internet and everything is the brand and branding and personal branding. It's very important. So. Going back to your point of why I don't share certain things, because I'm thinking about the future. I'm not just thinking about the today of how I feel. It is because I'm thinking about how my daughter is going to feel if I ever write something against her dad, because that's going to be there forever. And I'm going to make it public. So for what? Just to feed somebody else ego and seek for likes and engagement. I will ruin maybe one to one week of my daughter's life. So why people is not mindful to think what they respond and what they share on social media? Yes, you need to be vulnerable. Yes, you need to be open. Yes, you need to be thinking outside of the box. Yes, you need to be authentic. But I think that the word authenticity is a buzzword right now. You are not authentic, but sharing your private life. You are authentic when you share the journey that you've taken and what has taken and what have you gone through to be in the place that you are today. So I always keep that in mind, aspire to inspire. Aspire to inspire. I love that. And I also love the fact that you're talking about the fact that buzzwords, vulnerability, authenticity. I mean, we hear these words all the time, but what really makes someone authentic? And it's not just about sharing every spider web in your closet and every deep, dark secret, you're saying, share your journey, share what you've gone through to get to where you're at. Yeah. I mean, I saw the other day a post from a woman where she was sharing her struggle during living with an abuser, you know, and I went to read that and and she says that she went through a lot, but finally she, she showed a picture of the punch in the wall of the guy and the statement that he said to her, like, thank God I have the wall other way that has, will have been your eye. I mean, what men will tell that to a woman? So can you imagine the fear of that woman was living during all these years while she was married with that person? So then she was sharing how she took the, the courage to leave and it took time for her to leave and gain the courage to leave. So what I reply in a comment is that it's, it's great that she, that she took the courage to leave. 
But when we face certain abuse in our lives and we still living with the abuser, I mean, you also, you need to get treated, you know, because you develop sometimes and most of the time, you know, a codependency. Be codependent, it's also a mental health issue mm-hmm. that has to be reframed and, you know, and, and, and check in and, and, and treat it, you know. So she accepted. She says, you know what, you, you're right. You know, we become codependents, you know, and we need to find out what is what really hurts. So what my advice to her was like, not because you found in your life that guy, that abuser, lost trust in other men because not every man is the same. So when you live that kind of situations, you know, you, you know, women or men tend to, to, to stop trusting. And this is also what has been separated our society. Mm-hmm. Trust. We don't trust each other. And for me, sometimes it's hard to trust because, because what I have been through my life. And as I said before, we're, we're living in an age where the influence that we have on other people, it's never been seen before like this. And now they talk about another buzzword, influence, right? It's a buzzword, but the reason why influence is a word that exists today and is a word that's often used is because people can make an impact on another human being because of all of the platforms that exist where now you can get exposure to somebody you never would have met. I never would have met you a hundred years ago if we lived on the opposite side of this country. Would never would have met you. But now today we're talking because of technology. And one of the things I explore, you know, on my show is this idea of world changers, people who can actually influence other people to change the world. I'm curious, Lorena, as you think about the responsibility that we have as influencers or as world changers, what do you think people should be thinking about so that they can do what you said, which is you could do it the wrong way or you could do it in a bad way, a harmful way, or you could do it in a good way. What advice do you have for somebody that is or wants to be a world changer, wants to influence other people and make the world a better place than they arrive when they leave? It's funny that you're talking about this today, but uh, I had today in the morning you know, after I reached the 1.5 million of followers, I just made a post, but I haven't even show up or make a video or, you know, live. So today in the morning, I decide to show up and I just wanted to leave a message to everybody who, who has been supporting me. Right. And the message was that for the last six days, I have been really, I mean, taking the time to reflect on what is going to be my mission next. You know, I just don't want to continue going into neutral. So I think that I have created impact in many people, many people, many people has learned a lot of, a lot of things about branding for me. And I'm very happy for them. I see a lot of people with new businesses on LinkedIn and I'm very happy for them. I think that uh, my personal view as a human being, it's uh, that I want to really bring and create uh, content that is going to create impact in somebody else's life. You know, my business is going to be always there. I will always work hard for my business and to continue to create revenue. But my purpose is more to really inspire somebody to change their life, to make a difference and to really stand and believe for what they believe. Don't let other people make them think that what they believe or what they think is wrong. And I think that having a platform, doesn't matter if it's one follower or 1.5 million of followers, it's a responsibility because our words can influence people. Our words can help people to become better or become worse. Our words can help somebody else to find a job or to lose their job. Our words can help a couple to reunite and to rekindle or to destroy it. Our words can make somebody commit suicide, but our words as well can help somebody to save them and not do it. So I believe, Billy, and, and I'm crying, I'm telling you this, that people need to be more intentional. You know, I mean, it's, it's very sad to see young people and old people, you know, at every age, just... Uh, opening their mouths. You, if you want to step in into social media, 
learn how to step in, learn how you can reassess your voice because I did it and I do it every day for my clients. Just don't show up without a structure. It's a big responsibility, Billy. I think that is a, a great way to segue to kind of wrap, wrap up this session. We could keep, we could keep going in another session, but I guess as a final ending thought, I am curious, the word intention is another word that gets thrown around. And I think a lot of people perhaps don't embrace it in the way in which they should. And you say, have a strategy, have a plan. What are people doing wrong or what can they do right to make sure that they are more intentional? What are some very practical tips? You need to shift perspective. Tell me more. Yeah, I mean, you know, you need to really start thinking outside of the box and you need to really put your feet in the other people's shoes. Tell me more. Put yourself in other people's shoes. Very important. We don't know what the people is going. You don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know how is my because this is what I show up only with with my posts every day on LinkedIn. But you don't know really what is going on inside of my home. You don't know how I feel inside of my soul. So, you know, when you're trying to share something that you feel is positive for you, that is helping you to heal, I think people is sharing LinkedIn and is sharing a lot of other platforms, their vulnerability because they are healing and sharing their journey during that healing process. It's helping them and it's helping others to shift perspective and change the way that they were thinking. So that's why it comes back to the responsibility, right? So what you're going to share, you need to be intentional and you need to have a structure about how you're going to share it to really shift perspective in somebody else's mind. When you say structure, maybe give me an example or tell me what you mean by the structure. You need to stop sharing Opinions. This is one of the things that I will remove from anybody's sharing their content. You know, I mean, it's sharing an opinion that is going to hurt somebody else's feelings. It's not going to help anybody and it's not going to help you. So why not instead of, you know, creating an opinion or sharing your opinion, you create content with that thought of your opinion and convert it into a common belief that everybody's going to agree with. Okay. A common belief that everybody's going to agree with. Okay. That's really powerful. I think that's something that will help anybody that is trying to figure out how to navigate these waters, start to better craft their message in a way where it can be something that is more a unifying belief as opposed to a polarizing belief. Exactly. It's a unified belief. Now, I want to go a little bit farther than this. I mean, everybody is going to have an audience. I mean, there is people who are dogs fanatics and they follow people who love dogs. And I respect that. But there is, you know, there is audiences who love to be fed by negativity. And there is a lot of podcasts about negativity. And there is a lot of things in the internet about negativity. You know, I don't see them. I don't watch them. I don't read them. I block them because this is something that I don't want to put in my subconscious mind, period. Subconscious mind controls so much of what we do. 96% of what we do is controlled by our subconscious mind. And so great point. So we're constantly feeding all this negative. There's the news, there's negative social media, blah, blah, blah. And what you're saying is block those things out so that you could feed positivity to your subconscious mind. Yes. There is a book that is called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. And that book really changed my life. Why? Because, you know, we always think, right? So we, let's say that you read something or you repeat something or you gossip about something or just judge somebody or you just have a negative thought about you, yourself, how you look like, how you talk like, how you eat, how you perform, your hair, your car, your house. I mean, all those things that you start saying negatively to you, if you don't change them within the seconds before they storage in your subconscious mind for a positive belief, they're going to stay there for 30 days. And every time you claim something positive in your life, the first thought that you're going to have is that negative one. And that negative one 
It's not going to help you to really go forward, to do what you, your goals, to plan your routine, to follow your diet, to eat this early, to clean your house, to, to spend time with your family. Because those negative beliefs that, that you were feeding your subconscious mind with for 30 days are coming back. Those are your worst hunters. So I learned to change my negative beliefs into a positive one. So instead of saying, no, I cannot do this, I say, yes, I can, and I will try. Mm -hmm. And I storage that in my subconscious mind. Brilliant. Is there anything else you want to talk about now? Now let's go with you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So how do you feel the platform now that you left us for so many months and suddenly you show up? What is what you feel? What is what you feel about the people that you thought that they were there? On LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really interesting. I kind of feel like I've changed. The platform has changed too, but I feel like I've changed. I don't feel inspired to comment on somebody's post just because I think they might comment on my post. To be honest, I think most of the content sucks on LinkedIn. I think most people post garbage. And I think most people post things that they're doing it for one sole objective, and that is to get likes, get comments. And it may be like a silly picture or it may be, you know, some like dumb quote. That's not going to work in the long run because you need to have an audience. If you don't have an audience and if you just whenever you want to change without having a personal brand building, if you just building a following on LinkedIn or any platform without a purpose, it's not going to work because once you throw later on a business on it, nobody's going to look at it. The thing that I've noticed is I, and one of the reasons I'm not on LinkedIn as much as I'm doing a bunch of lives with Brendan and that I love that. I love the conversation and we're getting some traction. I mean, a lot of people seem to be interested in it. So I really love that. But what I don't want to do, this is why I don't like pods. You're commenting and liking people's posts that you may have zero interest in. Yeah. You put your post in there and you expect them to comment. I don't like that. And so I'd rather spend my time and attention. You're welcome. <laughs> I know you've definitely been an encourager of not going down that route. And I, I, I nothing against the people who've chosen to do it. And I'm sure I'd get a lot more. It engagement. is not the people. It is the structure. Yeah. It's not the people. It's the structure. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I mean, like sometimes I receive messages on my DMs from people who ask me to go and support their posts. But now I am um, more mindful in my responses because I notice now that many people comes and likes my comments. So you need to be more mindful in what, what you post and how you respond. Well, everything's an extension of your brand, right? It's not just your post. It's your comments. It's whose post you like. It's how you show up in the DM. Your comments is not the post. Your comments is who you really represent. For example, if I go in and I like what I can say now is a, a fluff, cliche, garbage quote that is recycled a hundred million times, like why, why do that? Like why, why do that? Because then my audience is going to see that I, I like this. That reflects poorly on me. And so I'm just more protective of who I spend time engaging with and what I like and what I don't like. So, and probably at a cost to some degree, because I'm sure there's people who like and comment my posts who then go and make a post that I don't have any interest in. And I'm not going to go like and comment just because they liked and commented my post. I'm not going to do it. That's how I've changed. That's nice. So you just, you just engage in what really calls you out. Exactly. The platform is definitely evolving and changing. And I think everyone who spends any amount of time on it knows that it's very much a reciprocal type of environment. And I understand that. But if I compare it to other platforms, it's very different. Like YouTube is not that way. If I make a great YouTube video and people really like it, they're going to subscribe and they're going to like what I do. And it's regardless if I go and like and comment on their video, they're not going to do it. So it's a, it's a very different culture on a YouTube, for example, than on LinkedIn. And But at the same time, LinkedIn is very much about a social environment. A It's way easier and better to meet people than YouTube. So YouTube's more like a search engine. 
where great content can be found regardless of how much you interact. But LinkedIn is all about interacting and meeting people and collaborating in a different way. So, you know, they're just, you just got to know the differences and nuance between the two. Exactly. So how do you see your company in the next 12 months? Great question. First and foremost, my sole mission right now is to identify people who I want to work with because I can only serve so many clients because of the, the bandwidth of my company. And yes, we will expand and we will grow, but I need to make a choice on who I work with. And so I'm going to be very selective with who I find to be interesting, who has fun projects to work on, who I think will be somebody that will appreciate the services we offer and will get value from them. And so over the next 12 months, we're going to grow from being a company right now where we have about 25 clients to maybe 125 clients. That's the goal over the next year. Additionally, we have other services that we're going to be offering, which I'm not going to talk about specifics, but more technology-based platforms to serve the podcasting space. Nice. Very nice. Billy, is there anything that you would like to ask? To me, I'm, I'm most fascinated by you. I like to be that one asking the question. I don't mind answering questions, but I'm, I'm fascinated by you and your, the way you think and the way you approach. That's the thing that makes me most excited is, is being able to learn from you and understand what, what it is that makes you excited. I'd ask a question right now. What's most exciting for you? My daughter is going to college next year. So Where's she going? Here in Florida, but hopefully. But this is what we is, is making us excited. She's going through different challenges right now, but she's also going through a lot of transformation. She's growing up six more months and she will be 18 years old. She's driving now from school to home. She's going to eat lunch and dinner with her friends driving by herself. She's going to the mall. She does the groceries. Does it scare you? Yes. Still, every morning when she leaves and my heart stops. And I'm like, please, I drive every day when she leaves. I said, drive slowly. Don't use your phone. Drive slowly. So I remind her those things. So she she remember. Right. Mm. But it's been a transformation for her. It's been a transformation for me, you know, waiting for with the results. I'm just like this. Do you want her to do anything on social media? Do you, do you see that in her future? Like you're active on social media, specifically LinkedIn, but. Is that a lifestyle or a choice you would want for her? Well, Sarah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be her personality when she grow up a little bit. Right now, she doesn't have time for that. She's, uh, she, you know, she has nine credits or 10 credits for college. And so she's doing extra work in the high school for college. She's studying a lot. She's, uh, she's in her sport. and She's having her social life as well. She's in the... Human society in the school. She's a storyteller, so she is the one managed all the social media for that club in the high school. So she also has helped me during the summer, uh, during the year of the lockdown, to manage a few accounts for some of my clients in Instagram. So she was creating the content. She's very creative. She loves to write. So she was working with me. But she's going to go for business administration and marketing. I see my daughter in social media, definitely. Just the timing. It's just the timing. Yeah, she doesn't have the time right now. She's signed up right now on LinkedIn. She has her account going on on LinkedIn. Uh, she's following me and uh, she has 100 followers already. People, a lot of people connect with her. Yeah, when I, I You know, so she's not active because she's busy. But uh, she, um, I see my daughter developing mm. her personal brand, of course. So a couple quick questions and then we'll, we'll wrap up. We talked a little bit about this. I'm curious how your approach on LinkedIn will change or is changing over the next six months. My approach is going to continue being the same. It's not going to change because it's who I am. What I'm going to be changing is going to be the content. I'm going to start partnering more with people that I and I share beliefs and people that I share passions. So all those people, so I'm, I'm going to start bringing them to LinkedIn. So I think I'm going to start, I have in right now a show every Friday with Billy Dolan. And then I have my other show, which is the change makers that I started. And Sherry Lavington was my first guest. 
And, you know, I have my also my platform in my feed, you know, allows me to create whatever. So I'm I'm talking right now with a friend of mine that lives in, in Europe and that she is a neuroscience trainer. And, uh, you know, we were talking yesterday and we just were like amazing. Both of us, we were hearing. So we want to share that as well on my platform. So I want to start bringing, you know, a con- content that people is going to really resonate like deeply mm-hmm. because also create content that resonates with your audience. Something that I've been saying for the last three years, right? So now everybody's saying it's a buzzword. How do you know though? How do you know if it resonates with your audience? Because of the engagement, because of the messages, because of the emails that I receive, because of the contracts, because of, of the number of clients that I have. I mean, this is something that also I don't talk about. I don't know how many people have purchased from me or how many money I have made. Or Those are things that is not part of my personal brand. Okay, so Lorena, where can someone who wants to get more direct coaching and advice from you, where do they go? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. They can find me uh, on LinkedIn, you know, but the fastest and the easiest way is to find me with my hashtag. If they type my hashtag on Google and it's hashtag BBC being awesome, they're going to find me. All right. Well, keep being busy, being awesome. Lorena Acosta, thanks for the amazing conversation. You know, I love you and I love spending time with you. So great conversation. And I can't wait to do it again until next time. Bye, my love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Out. I hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in business and in life. If you like this show, the best payment you can give is to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. You can also listen to past episodes and see a breakdown of all the best insights by going to insightoutshow.com. And for the record, there's no greater compliment than sharing this show with your friends on social media. So if there's an insight or lesson that you liked, please share it and tag both me and today's guest. And until next time, remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out.